The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have my esteemed host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg here, and we're so, so lucky to have Dr. Marshall Goldsmith here today. I'll say a few words uh, about Marshall, and then we'll bring him on and see what he's got going these days. So for many of you um, you are familiar with Marshall Goldsmith, he's a legendary coach, world-renowned thinker, author, and editor of over 34 books on the subject of leadership and coaching, as well as one of the most widely known motivational speakers on coaching in the industry. And Kathy will give a little fuller uh, background, but I know, you know, Marshall has been a great influence on me uh, as a psychologist and uh, executive coach, and I'm sure for, you know, thousands of you out there. You know, before we bring on Marshall, we want to make sure that you know a little bit about our show. So our show now, Leadership Development News, our latest metrics that we have is that we're in the top five ranked business shows on Voice America with... uh, 95,000 downloads a month, not only of this show, but basically we go back, uh, Kathy and I, we're doing the show since 2008, so, you know, 250 shows or so, and 95,000 downloads per month, uh, listeners in 27 countries, 126 cities, and so we're really excited about this, and between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%, and so we always want to bring you uh, tips tools, information. We call these micro-initiatives that create a macro-impact. So hopefully we will listen to us and Marshall today. There's a few things that you can immediately apply. Dr. Kathy Greenberg, for folks who don't know her, is uh, a professional certified coach. She leads executives, entire companies on her happiness equals profit. Strategy. She's been named the First Lady of Happiness by ABC TV. Dr. Greenberg has multiple popular books on the science of happiness, what happy companies know, what happy working mothers know. She touches millions as a much-in-demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. And Kathy also has a brand-new series, Fearless Leaders, that's going to be coming out shortly, and uh, lots more tips and tools. Kathy has a iPhone app that you should, if you haven't got, you should tune into Your Happiness Now. You can see Kathy in person. It brings uh, some excerpts from her variety of, of books. And she's an expert and actively supports research on the subject of positive psychology and happiness and emotional intelligence and offers friendly tips and tools to be your best at work at home. And she's also on ABC's The Morning Blend. 
So, Kathy, welcome. Thank you, Relly, and um, thank you for that lovely introduction. I will mention that uh, my friend Marshall Goldsmith, who's, um, well, I guess we've been friends for quite some time, um, well over well over a decade, and we'll talk a little bit about that during the show today. But Marshall's also doing a, um, a forward to the new book, Fearless Leaders, and I'm very excited about that. But, you know, before we bring Marshall on to talk to you today, we're going to, um, you know, hopefully engage all of our listeners on the science of both happiness and emotional intelligence throughout our show. And for those of you who don't know Dr. Riley Nadler, let me introduce my co-host. He is a master-level certified executive coach, psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer. And Relly brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. And of course, Relly's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across any industry. And you can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence, including his free iApp called Leadership Keys, which you can get at the iTunes store. Um, so today we're going to, um, to focus on our friend and colleague, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith. And for those of you um, who don't know Marshall, uh, he's been recognized, of course, uh, as one of the world's most influential leadership thinkers in the biannual Thinkers 50 survey sponsored by Harvard Business Review. He is the million-selling author or editor of 34 books, and I have been very, very lucky to be among his um, his authors in his books, and I thank you for that, Marshall. Marshall's one of a select few executive educators who've been asked to work with over 150 major CEOs and their management teams. He's been given the Lifetime Achievement Award for Excellence in Teaching by the Institute for Management Studies, one of only two ever awarded in the history of that organization. He is a fellow in the National Academy of Human Resources. That's America's highest HR honor, for those of you who don't know. And his work has been recognized by almost every major publication and professional organization in the field. And just to name a few of his books, uh, for those of you who don't know them, uh, all of which have been uh, bestsellers and international bestsellers. That includes Mojo, uh, What Got You Here, uh, Won't Get You There. And um, he's got some new books on the horizon, which I'm sure he'll talk about. Uh, in addition to many, many books I have not listed, including one we co-authored together a while back called Global Leadership Next Generation, which to my knowledge, Marshall, correct me if I'm wrong, is still the only most extensive longitudinal study on leadership uh, in our industry. So welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being with us today. Kathy, as always, it's so great to talk to you. Well, we're glad we have you. I understand you're in New York today. I am. My second home is here in New York City. I live on 42nd Street. Oh, that's fabulous. What The heart of New York, that's excellent. And, um, you know, we always like to kick off our show with a very important question to give our audience a sense of who we're talking to. And, uh, Marshall, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about who have been the most influential people in your career. 
Well, Kathy, one of my early mentors was Dr. Paul Hersey, founder of Situational Leadership with Ken Blanchard. Paul was kind enough to really get me started in the business. I followed him around, and you know, he died recently, and Ken and I we had been planning to take him out for dinner and say thank you for four years. We didn't do it. Fortunately, mm. we did it. We, we did it. And then, unfortunately, eight months later, he died. There's a learning point there. If you want to do something good for somebody, you should do it. We were so happy that we were able to at least give him that kind of honor. And we would have been so ashamed, you know, had we not done that. So Paul Hersey is definitely one person. Another one you know is Francis Hesselbein, of course, who is the head of the Leader to Leader Institute, the Drucker Foundation, or Hesselbein Institute. Yeah, a great role model. Uh, another person that's influenced my career is Alan Mulally, who's the CEO of Ford. I in theory, was his coach, but in practice, I think I learned about 10 times as much from him as he learned from me. And I guess the final one would be Peter Drucker. I had the privilege of spending 50 days with him before he died, and I was on his board for 10 years and really learned a lot from him. Outstanding. Well, so tell us, Marshall, what kind of uh, business activities do you uh, bring you the most happiness? I know you do a variety of different things, and so... When you kind of look at that, you know, what's, what uh, excites you the most? Well, I do three different things, and they're all positive in different ways, and they're quite different activities. One is speaking or teaching. Speaking or teaching is actually what I enjoy doing the most. So I love speaking. I love teaching. Kathy, you've seen me do this many times. I just really enjoy it. Uh, the second thing I do is coaching executives, and what I love about coaching executives is not so much what I teach, but what I learn. Almost everything I write, I learn from coaching executives. I found that just a great way to learn. And then um, the third thing I do is writing and editing books and articles, and that's how I reach people. Somebody's read something I've written probably 25 million times. Well, I can't speak to 25 million people. So I do three different things. I like them in different ways, and they have different impacts, and they're very different activities. So tell me a little bit. I'm just curious. You know, both Kathy and I do similar things. How do you schedule your time, especially, let's say, around the writing and stuff? Like, what's that look like? What's a week look like for you? Well, my optimal time schedule, I think, would be close to a third, a third, and a third on each of them. The writing has been sacrificed lately. I've been doing so much speaking, especially international speaking, that what I really want to do is shift back to more quiet time and more writing time and thinking time. So that is the one change I want to sort of focus on in my life. Mm-hmm. Is there a time that you find best to write? Like, are you a night owl or early morning person? I just need to schedule, if I can, entire days. Oh, okay. Block it yeah, out. That way I've got a whole day to just focus and, you know, try to make some progress. Everybody writes differently, though, so it's really, you know, it's hard to stereotype anybody's writing style because I know a lot of writers, and they all have different kind of styles. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So, Marshall, what are you working on right now that you can share with our audience? Well, I'm working on my next big new book, and the tentative title is called Triggers. And good news, you've already been offered a million-plus advance for this, so it's, you know, it's got a lot of support already. The book is about our relationship with the environment. My book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, was about interpersonal relationships. My book, Mojo, was more intrapersonal. That's the way we view ourselves and the world around us. And this book, Triggers, is more our relationship with our environment, kind of the dance that we do with our environment. And I talk about in the book where we're constantly being created by our environment and creating our environment at the same time. 
I mean, one school of thought is kind of the, well, if you envision it, it will happen school, which kind of implies that basically you can create anything you want to create, which is, I think, partly true. Another school of thought is the Skinnerian school, which basically says you are just a subject of your environment and you are constantly being created with very little input yourself. Huh. Well, this this philosophy is, is uh, it says, look, both of those have points. We want to create a great environment. On the other hand, uh, we can at the same time go out and create our environment. And one of the things I've been experimenting with is employee engagement. Almost 100% of everything written on employee engagement is what can the company do to engage you with very little about what you can do to engage yourself. So we've been doing some interesting research to teach people to focus on their own engagement, and the results have been amazing. I'm, oh, I'm Kathy, I'm, you'll appreciate this. I'm doing this research with my daughter, Kelly. Kelly's uh, graduated. She got a Ph.D. from Yale in behavioral marketing, and now she's a professor of marketing at the Kellogg School in Northwestern. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, I've been doing research. And, you know, I, I think our audience might like to know that Kelly was once on Survivor. Yeah, she was on Survivor number three. <laughs> she worked with Mark Burnett two years before she went out and, and, and got her Ph.D. at Yale. Now, and you're doing this research with her for the new book? Yes, for the new book. And we found some, so far the results have been amazing. Just getting people, and I'll tell, I'll tell your listeners six questions we've been using our research every day. Every question starts with, did I do my best to? Did I do my best to? Now, it doesn't even say you did a good job. It just says, did you do your best to? And the, and the six are, be happy, which you can appreciate, find meaning, uh, build positive relationships, set clear goals, make progress toward goal achievement, and be fully engaged. Did I do my best to do those six things? And then people just evaluate themselves every day instead of saying, is the company motivating me? Am I doing my best to be happy? Am I doing my best to find meaning rather than waiting for meaning? Am I doing my best rather than saying, is someone setting goals for me to set clear goals? And rather than saying, do I have a friend at work? Am I doing my best to build positive relationships and, and setting clear goals and then making progress toward goal achievement? I love it. Don't stop thinking. We're going to be right back, Marshall. And we're talking to Marshall Goldsmith. For those who are listening, don't you go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with Dr. Marshall Goldsmith's uh, new book about triggers. And Marshall, you were saying just before we went to the break, you know, about looking at environment, the, the six questions, you're doing this with your daughter, Kelly, which has got to be really, really exciting. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of how you're going about this research. It sounds like you got these six questions, and and tell us, you know, maybe about sample size, and, and then when when's this going to be out? Maybe we'll get people excited about it. Well, it'll be published next year with the book. Um, in terms of sample size, so far we've done 41 studies, 1,710 people. What we found out is we asked people to just answer these questions, and we give them a challenge every day. Did you do your best to? And then two weeks later, we asked, have you become happier? Is your life more meaningful, etc.? And what we found is, so far, 30% of the people said, I got better at everything. All six items go up. 59% wow. 59% said four of six went up. 86% said something got better. 14% said no change, and nobody got worse at anything. And when I say nobody, I mean 0.2% or something. It doesn't round up to 1%. So basically, the downside on this is seems to be very close to nothing. Well, what's so what's so great about this, and you know, Kathy and I know you know just about the brain neuroscience. It's all about attention and focus. You know, simple. How do you change your brain? Attention and focus. So you're having them attend to these six pertinent questions, and, and every day they do that. Do they they do they write it up or an email or how do they do that? No, they just get an email every day and then fill it out. Okay. Yeah, very simple. By the way, if anybody listening would like to participate in one of our studies, just send me an email, Marshall at MarshallGoldsmith.com. We're doing studies about every three weeks. Okay. You know, this is so fascinating, uh, Marshall, because if you think about the kind of experience that someone wants to have with a coach, you would think that these are some of the components Right, that they would include in their life's aspirations. What do you? How do you think about that? Well, I've been using this active question process, and this is called the process of active as opposed to passive questions. I've been using this now much more in my coaching, and with my coaching clients, for example, if someone wants to work on treat people with respect, one of their daily questions is, "Did I do my best today to treat people with respect?" As Riley said, Kathy, this keeps everything in your head day after day after day after day after day. I was part 
partly inspired by a book called The Checklist Manifesto, Dr. Atul Gawande at Harvard, who right. talks about the importance of a checklist and keeping our attention focused to where it should be. And I've been doing this with my clients. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Number one, it works. And I've been doing the daily question thing myself now for, I don't know, three or four years. It's hard to do, though. The reason it's hard to do it is it's painful. It's painful to look in the mirror every day. It's painful yeah. to look in the mirror and, and realize how many mistakes we make day after day after day after day. And it's hard on the old ego. It's interesting. The whole daily question idea I have is where people write down a whole list of questions, and then every day they, everyone has to be answered with yes, no, or number. Every day they fill out the questions. Well, it works. It's hard to do. Yeah. It is no, real it is. hard to do because, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough to look in that mirror. Marshall, what do they are they saying yes, no, or is there like a scale on on these questions? Oh, every question is yes, no, or a number, and then um, you know, then you and you put it on an Excel spreadsheet. All you have to do is write the questions down one column, fill it out every day. Your scores are automatically calculated at the end of the week. The reason it's hard is you know we all say, we all have these values plaques that we hang up on walls and stuff. Well, our real values are those numbers at the end of the week. And from my own personal experience, those numbers at the end of the week are seldom quite as pretty as the plaques on the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you always yeah. have such a great way of putting things. Yeah, Let me ask funny. you this question. How do you come up with these subjects? You know, how do you, how do you come up with a book idea? And what do you look for in a subject that makes well, it good for your audience? accident. I'm sitting there at the National Academy of Human Resources, and I listen to this pr- uh, presentation on employee engagement. And these are three of the top HR people in the world. And, you know, Kathy, everything they said was good. It was all good. I mean, you talk about everything companies are doing to engage, engage employees. Nothing was what the employees could do to engage themselves. When I say nothing, I mean zero. It was all, what are we going to do to engage you? And although I'm sure none of them would define themselves as Skinnerian, the whole thing is if I manipulate the environment, you will be motivated. That was the whole mm-hmm. pitch. Yeah. If we manipulate the environment in the right way, you will become motivated. As opposed to saying, wait a minute, don't you have a little control over your own life here? Maybe you're an adult. So I was yeah. listening to that. That gave me the inspiration. Then I connected it with the daily question process I've been working on. Kelly brought in the idea of the active questions as opposed to passive questions. Passive que- Kelly read a good point. Everything in employee engagement is involved passive questions. If you ask a passive question, says, such as, do you have clear goals, and a person has a negative response, they will always blame the environment. No, I don't have clear goals. My boss is bad, something. If you ask an active question, did you do your best to set clear goals, you can't blame the environment. Why? It's you. Well, so I guess those are kind of three different sources that came together to so to lead to some of the new thoughts that we're working on. Oh, I love so, it. I really do. That's fascinating. And so, just to clarify, uh, Mark, on this, so the act of what Kelly brought in is is what am I doing? So it's the personal side that, that the act of questions bring it. Yeah, the active question, did I do my best too, as opposed to, do I right. have clear goals? Do I have clear goals is a passive okay. question. Did I do my best to set clear goals is an active question. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Now, when when you think about the word triggers, um, what, what was it that really yeah. um, attracted you to that title? Well, it's basically our environmental clues that drive our behavior. And uh, actually, Mark Ryder, who has done the books Mojo and What Got You Here Won't Get You There with me, came up with the word triggers. So, Very nice. 
Well, yeah, he's, you he's know, a great certainly. guy. You know, I, I dedicated the book Mojo to him. He's done such a good job with me in writing. Yes, I know you've been working with him for a long time, and you admire him greatly. Yeah. You know, Relly and I, uh, when we think about, um, you know, how to get people to be more emotionally aware uh, because of the emotional intelligence factors that uh, people know are important, and, of course, what goes along with that are the well-being and optimism, positivity factors. Um, as you think about a person's overall capacity to engage themselves and be engaged by their environment. Is there anything off the top of your head that you can think is triggers that would evoke a better emotional intelligence or response to positivity? Well, you know, it's interesting. This year, for the first time, I'm coaching three medical doctors, and I can mention their names. They're three really distinguished people. One is Dr. Jim Kim. Dr. Jim is the new president of the World Bank. Uh, one is Dr. John Noseworthy. He's head of the Mayo Clinic, and the other is Dr. Raj Shah. And Dr. Raj, he's the head of USAID. So these are three very, very smart, very distinguished people. All three of them, I started reviewing these questions, and the first question, they almost had the same response. It was almost eerie. Did you do your best to be happy today? The typical reaction was, never dawned on me. Yeah. Never dawned on me. I mean, you know, these are brilliant people. Never dawned on me to think about that. Never dawned on me to do my best to be happy. It, it wasn't that they were adverse to the idea. I guess, you know, in their lives, if you look at these three people, how much they've achieved, which is astronomical amounts of achievement, they've probably been so focused on achievement that and doing good things that maybe the idea of did I do my best to be happy today just didn't hit the radar screen. Well, we know from research that those people who are overly focused in the uh, solution uh, kind of production business or goal orientation or achievement often reduce their capacity for well-being because, in fact, these things do escape their thought on a daily basis, and they wind up being so focused on doing a good job, they wind up not doing a good job of taking care of themselves. I can easily see that. And, yeah. and Mark... And then, Marcia, look at your questions and see if it sounds like you already got some of the data in. I would think it's your first two questions, like you're alluding to, be happy and find meaning. Those are more personal. The others have an external uh, element to it. Are you finding that some of the lower scores are, are with, you know, be happy and find meaning? The lowest one is be happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. The lowest one is be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is a paradigm shift, especially for high achievers, and we're also thinking about coaches, and they're trying to focus on others. And, and then, then you get into the question, and Kathy, you're an expert. This, well, what do I do to be happy? Hmm. You know, and that takes a lot of thought. And, and am I happy? And what do I need to do? Right. And the numbers on happiness have been very, very positive. Just not as positive as the, the least positive of all of them, though. Absolutely, and this yeah. is, of course, we know with the. Uh, the comprehensive soldier fitness program that while we've been focusing uh, millions of dollars on helping millions of uh, professionals in the military gain insight into the importance of happiness as a, if you will, a precursor to success and well-being, um, it's hard for people to understand that. I think a lot of people, and Marshall, I'd love your disposition on this, they think success is a path to happiness. No, happiness is the path to success. Well, it's very interesting, Kathy. I, I, I have to agree with you on this. To me, especially if you look at what I call the Great Western Disease, the Great Western Disease is represented by an art form 
by far the predominant art form in our world. There's one art form that dominates all others, and it's always the same. It shows a person, the person is sad. The person spends money, they buy a product, and they become happy. That is the art form of our society. <laughs> well said. It, it's all based on one message. You will be happy when. When you get the money status BMW, when you get the condominium, when you get the achievement, when you get the beautiful wife, when you get this, 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 you will be happy when. Well, Kathy, as you know, I'm a Buddhist. To me, the essence of Buddhism is be happy now. This is heaven. This is the hell. This is nirvana. It's not out there somewhere. It's it's in here. And the large source of your happiness or misery doesn't come from the outside anyway. It comes from inside you. No, absolutely. It's it's not only something that comes from within you. It's something you have the choice to make, as you very well said, right now. You know, so it's so important for us to realize that. And one of the things, kind of just before we go to the break, you know, where you have with with the fearless leader is this idea of being conscious. And I I think, uh, Marshall, that's exactly what's happening. We said it in a different way, attention or focus. Your questions are forcing people to be conscious about stuff that we're typically unconscious about. Exactly right. Well, we're going to go to a quick break, and I don't want anybody to go away. We're having an exciting, engaging conversation with Dr. Marshall Goldsmith. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Everyone is eligible for RX Savings Plus. There's no age or income restrictions and no paperwork. Simply print a card and start saving on your prescriptions. Start saving today. Enroll and print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 96. 362. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. 
We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with one of the top-performing coaches in the, in the world, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, and his new book, uh, Triggers. So, Marshall, say a little bit, a little bit more about when this is going to come out. I think you said beginning of the new year. Right? It'll probably be out. No, I don't think in the beginning. I think it'll probably be out around April or May. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we're curious about, you know, what have you seen changed in regards to uh, leadership style and, and emotional intelligence after the last uh, few years, I kind of noticed in your bio that you've even coached even more CEOs than probably the last time we interviewed you. So that number keeps going up. And so as a sample, you really are getting a, a great uh, focus and taste of what it's like with these top leaders. What changes have you seen around leadership style? Well, I'll speak to myself on this one because I'm probably not an expert on the broader world. My biggest learning over the last several years is it's not about me. The um, In my coaching, I don't get paid if my clients don't get better, and better is not judged by me or them. It's judged by everyone around them. So we get paid for results. You learn humility. And the client I coach I spent the least amount of time with improved more than anyone I coach. The client I Coach I spent the most amount of time with didn't improve at all and didn't get paid. I did a chart. There seemed to be a negative correlation between spending time with Marshall Goldsmith and getting better. Well, I thought, well, that's a troublesome chart. So I go talk to the client who improved the most, who I spent the least amount of time with. This Alan hmm. Wally, who's CEO of Ford, CEO of the year in the United States. I said, Alan, what should I learn about coaching from you? And he taught me two great lessons. He said, lesson number one, he said, your biggest challenge as a coach is called customer selection. If you pick the right customers, your coaching process is always going to work. You pick the wrong customer, it's never going to work. And he said, two, don't make the coaching process about yourself and your own ego and how smart you are. Make it about the great people you work with and how proud you are of them. Well, this has really changed my career in a very positive way. And I think as I've trained a lot of coaches, the biggest challenge I see in training coaches is the ego of the coach. Uh, we want people to get better so we can look in the mirror and feel good about ourselves. It's really not about them. It's about our own need to feel good about ourselves. And trying to get over that is a big, big challenge for all of us. I couldn't have said that better. What, what are, in your estimation, given what you've just shared with us, what are the biggest flaws you've seen um, in leaders that, help them, if you will, help them or, or force them to undermine their own success? Well, again, in this in my book, What Got You Here, Won't Get You There, I talk a lot about that. And the first thing I mention is winning too much. The very drive to win is a positive thing, but the problem is when we start trying to win everything, it quickly goes from positive to negative. And the higher up we go, the less we need to, as Alan Mulally said, the less we need to make it more about others and, and less about ourselves. He said in his role as a leader, the difference between leadership and achievement is achievement tends to be focused on me and leadership's focused on them. That's a huge transition. Well, it's hard for us not to be focused on winning and being right all the time. And when we're at the top, we always get to win. We don't have to win and prove how smart we are. Our goal should be to help other people become winners. I like that. And just for the audience, 
I'd like to share with them what you taught me about me was I always tried to add too much value. And I think when Relly and I do programs together, we struggle with what do we leave out, you know, because if we don't share everything, we're not helping everybody. And I've had to learn, you know, you're going to be able to help some of the people some of the time and most of the people most of the time, but not all the people all the time. (laughs) That's great learning. That's um, really hard with people with to have strong technical backgrounds. It's hard yeah, not constantly and value. Definitely. But, but it also ties in, Marshall, to what you're saying. I think of the difference of focusing on achievement themselves or, or leadership. Of your 20 flaws that are in that book, that's the one that I've, I've seen people resonate the most. Same thing, Kathy, adding too much value because it's a paradigm shift because they're trying to add value for themselves versus let people walk away with a win. And that what I and this is your work, Marshall. I said, if your idea is so good, give it twenty four hours. You know, and then let them have a win for twenty four hours, then add value if it's really gonna, you know, make a difference. Well, you know, uh, effectiveness of execution is a function of A, what's the quality of the idea, times B, what's my commitment to make it work. And even if the value add from the leader is five percent, the person's commitment may go down fifty percent. Because now right. it's no longer my, now it's your idea. It's not my idea. Now it's your idea. So what happens is that commitment just takes a hit. My old coaching client who retired, J.P. Garnier, was CEO of Glaxo. I said, what did you learn about leadership as CEO of this big company? He said, I learned a hard lesson. My suggestions become orders. He said, yeah. they're smart, they're orders, and they're stupid, they're orders. I asked him, what did you learn from me that helped you? He said, take a breath before I speak and ask one question. Is it worth it? And he said, half the time, a CEO of Glaxo, okay, the discipline to take a breath and ask, is it worth it? He decided, am I right? Maybe. Is it worth it? No. Yeah. And I think for some people, that's a huge awakening. But there's the, you know, there's the hub of emotional intelligence. It's that, it's that awakening to what you can really achieve with what you have right now. Right. <laughs> I think that's the important part. You know, I'm I'm never surprised, I have to say, when I read about another award or uh, another great opportunity um, for you to be applauded by our community as coaches and um, and leadership thinkers. And, you know, I'm sure there are a million people who are asking themselves, how does someone get to be one of the world's leading thinkers. And I know um, your humility might step up to the plate here, but I'm going to ask you to suspend that little bit of you for a second. And I think what the world doesn't understand is much like the 10,000 hours of practice the Beatles put into producing um, a top song um, in order for a top thinker uh, to be thought of as such, there are, you know, more than 10,000 hours of thinking and practice that go into that. So can you talk a little bit about what it takes to be a world's leading thinker? You know, let's talk about something maybe slightly tangential to that. I think many of the people I work with in coaching are really good at what they do. Their problem is they're terrible at business and marketing, and they have a phobia of self-marketing. They're well said. Doing- they're embarrassed or ashamed to promote themselves. And so what happens is, I, I worked with a lot of coaches, and one of the things I teach them is, look, if you believe in yourself, don't be embarrassed to promote the product. Now, if you don't believe in yourself, that's another issue. But if you are competent, you can do a great job. Don't be ashamed of self-promotion. And I think many coaching people have this sort of naive 
idea of, well, if I'm good, you know, somehow God's going to come out of the sky and take care of me, and I don't have to promote myself. And, you know, interesting thing, in a way, that is a, a form of ego. What it's really saying is, you know, I'm so good that I don't have to worry about marketing. I'm above that. Well, you know, I'm not above it. And um, I think most people that are very, very successful are not above it. Kathy, you're not above it. No, well, you've taught me that. That's one of the biggest coaching principles you've taught me that has helped me be successful. So I I celebrate that. Yeah, I agree. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. If you believe in yourself. I mean, to me, I'm amazed how many people write books. They'll say things like, I don't care if anybody buys it. What a bunch of nonsense. If you didn't care if anybody bought it, why did you write it? Of course you care. (laughs) Makes no sense. (laughs) <laughs> so, Marshall, it's kind of, I, I love the, uh, the practicality and the checklist. So what's, what's the checklist, the top three things for self-promotion? Because I agree with you, and me included. You know, the self-promotion is, is, can be challenging. So what would you tell someone on the top three things or top three things you do for self-promotion? Well, the one thing is I'm on this call. And, you know, Kathy and I, I think, have a hopefully win-win relationship. We're always trying to help each other in whatever ways we can. And uh, I think part of it is just building a positive network with people who are willing to help you and you're trying to help them. That doesn't mean you're greedy. It means you're both trying to help each other. That's one. Number two is writing. And realize when you write, you have to be personally responsible for marketing. And, Kathy, I'm sure you know this as well as I do. Nobody, nobody's out there selling your books but you. You can't wait for the publisher to sit there and sell books for you. That's not going to happen, right? Well, but I, but I also know that there's a select group of people that I also help sell books for, right? So I'll sell books for Marshall Goldsmith and for Raleigh Nadler and for Mark Golston and for Noel Tishy, you know. And just like you said, you find a positive network of people that do that for you as well. Exactly. Exactly. And so the other thing is, I just think make it part of your job. You say, I want to be well-known. You do blog. Look at all you guys have done. You've done blogs. You've done writing. You've done a lot. Well, that hasn't happened by itself. That required a lot of time, effort, and thought. And most of that has been for no pay. Well, how about this? How about if we architect the positive question in light of Kelly's great insight, and we ask everybody on the call today... Right, yeah. everybody who's listening to this podcast, to you know, either now or in the future, to write down the question: What can I do to help? Did I do my best to? Did there I you go. Did I did I do my best to help promote my good work today? Perfect. Oh. There we go. And you know, I think if we ask ourselves that question every day, in the anticipation of asking other people that question on our behalf, right? There's, there's, help. there's a step up to becoming the next world's leading thinker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Yep, that's great. So tell us a little bit about some of the kinds of things um, that you believe every leader must do to be successful. Um, given your experience and what you know from what you're working on with your new book, Triggers? Well, I think the key is, I'm often asked the question, are leaders made or born? Which is an interesting question, but not really a relevant question for me. Because everyone I work with is already a leader. So whether they should or should not be a leader is kind of irrelevant. Mm -hmm. They're already leaders. The 
question is, can they get better? And the answer to that is yes. Kathy, you know, we did that one study called Leadership as a Contact Sport. 86,000 people in eight major companies, and the results are very clear. Leaders can get better if they get feedback, if they talk to people in a positive way, if they follow up and stick with it and, and get measured, they improve. And if they don't, they're much less likely to improve. I mean, the research on behavioral change is pretty compelling. You know, you have a clear goal, you write it down, you publicly tell people what it is, you get a support group to help you, and you follow up and measure progress toward your goal. If you do that, you may not be successful, but you dramatically improve the odds are going to be successful. What I like about what Relly said also is the idea of focus. Uh, my friend Alan Mulally at Ford, he has every leader every week lay out their top five priorities and say red, yellow, green over and over again. He does this every week. Why? It keeps them focused. And I think one thing in life we grossly underestimate is how hard it is to keep focused today. I mean, that computer sitting in front of you is a distraction machine. How many times have, and, and you know, Kathy, one thing I wrote years ago, which I wish were not true, but it's unfortunately starting to come true, is I said within 20 years, media addiction, well, far surpass drug addiction and alcohol addiction is a social problem in the United States. I think we're there. The average kid that's flunking out of school is watching TV or doing some non-academic media eight hours a day. That's a disaster. It's only getting worse. Well, I think it is, back to Riley's comment, very hard to stay focused. Given our hyperkinetic world, given that thousands of messages were being bombarded with throughout the environment, very hard for us to stay focused on anything. I shared my daily question process with Dr. Atul Gawande. He said, I'm going to immediately implement this in my life. I asked him why. He said, not often, but maybe once a month or something, the nurse will ask him, did you wash your hands? And his answer is, I don't remember. Mm. He said, sometimes I forget to wash my hands five minutes ago. I don't even know if I did it. How many days did I forget to be happy? How many days did I forget to find meaning? How many days did I forget the people I love? You know what he said? Too many. Yeah, I bet you that's true for almost all of us. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and we want everybody to come right back, so don't go away. We're talking to Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, top 50 thinker in the world, so don't go away. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, Books and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. 
At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have that. Kathy Greenberg, my co-host, and we're having a very enjoyable conversation here with Dr. Marshall Goldsmith. And so, Marshall, one of the questions we wanted to come up with, what have been some of the biggest surprises around leadership that you've maybe seen in your career? Well, I think one thing I've learned is how hard it is for even brilliant people who are doing hyper-meaningful work to keep focused on basic things. It just dawned on me, because we, we want to assume that these people are sort of godlike, and they don't have problems like the rest of us. So well, the reality is they do. One of the questions I have is, did you do your best to find meaning today? Well, you're talking about some of the people I'm, I'm coaching. Their mission is to eradicate human poverty. Well, it's a reasonably meaningful job, right? But they're just like everybody else. Some days they'll say, no, one to ten scale, two, three. I went to work. I answered some emails. Uh, Ten hours later, I went home. I wasn't even sure what I did. I'm not sure I did anything meaningful today. Even though the job is hyper-meaningful and the people are brilliant, Mm. they're just like the rest of us. So I I don't know if that's a good or bad learning, but that is a learning I have. And, And I think when I coach people now, I have them do the active questions on anything they want to improve. Again, if you want to do better at treating people with respect every day, ask yourself, did I do my best to treat people with respect mm-hmm. today? Because I find I can't remember what I did three days ago. So if they say yes, then you do them have a scaling question, sounds like one to ten. Okay. Yes, yeah, everybody did, has a question uh-huh. on a scale. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did I do my best? It's all scale, one to, one to ten or something like that, yes. Uh-huh. Right. And I was just saying I'm feeling... I'm feeling much better about my short-term memory. (laughs) Marshall, one of the things that I love about a conversation with you, um, and I've kind of learned how to do this but not with the finesse that you do, is um, you you always start off every conversation with 
you know, life is good. Or In fact, every time I see one of those T-shirts, I want to buy you like 10 of them. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of CEOs and senior executives that we work with across many industries um, who don't see that as a primary goal. And, and I know the ones that I do work with who say, look, people should leave my office feeling better than they did when I came in. But how, how do you get a CEO who really isn't that positively adapted to see the impact they could have if they shifted even just their language? You know, I, one thing I think as I've grown older, I make less and less effort to change anyone who doesn't want to change. And <laughs> Can I make so, a note of that? Yeah, I, I really, you know, people, if somebody ever asked me, it proved to me this is worthwhile, I'd say, well, for you, it probably is not worthwhile. So we'll just save both of us a little time here. So as I've grown older, as my friend Alan told me, my biggest job is to have great customers. I've got plenty of wonderful people I work with who want to get better. And anybody that looks at me and says, well, why should I bother about being happy? I'm sitting there going, what planet are you from? Like, again, if somebody's going to ask that question, I'm probably not going to be able to help them. It's kind of like above my pay grade. So what I really do now is I focus on helping successful leaders get better, and I only work with motivated people, people who want to do the work and who are interested and want to get better and care. And as I've grown older, back to my own time utilization, hey, I don't have that many years left. So you know what? I'm, I'm going to put my time in where it's going to have a positive return. Oh, and the other thing is I want to be happy myself. Well, if I'm working with somebody that's a total downer, it probably wouldn't help me be happy either. So rather than try to resurrect people who are kind of downers and don't care, I, I have determined to delegate that to other coaches, and I think they can do a fine job of that. Yeah, well said. Well said. One of the things, Marshall, we, we wanted to kind of highlight, you know, I think uh, all the stuff you've seen in the literature in the last five years, you know, the, the word mindfulness is like in you know, almost every article on HDR and, you know, everything you see is this idea of self-management. It kind of falls in the EI model around self-management. You know, I know Kathy and I are, you know, active meditators, Europe, Buddhist. What, what, do you, what do you do, you know, for yourself? You know, I don't know if you do any kind of organized practice, but, you know, from the self-management piece for you. Well, I have somebody call me on the phone every day for this daily question thing. Every day. I don't succeed 100% of the days, but almost every day. I, I, I now pay somebody to call me. And his name is Andrew. He calls me every day, listens to me answer questions. I'm trying to practice what I preach, and I, I'll tell you, I, it's good. Because it's not that I'm perfect. It just keeps it in my head and keeps me focused. The other thing is I am a Buddhist. And if you look at most of what I teach, it's very Buddhist. My coaching is very Buddhist. I practice feed forward in my work. And feed forward is a completely Buddhist concept where you learn to, you know, ask for input, listen, say thank you, don't judge or critique people all the time. And so to me, it's kind of nice. I'm sort of an out-of-the-closet Buddhist. I mean, you know, Kathy, you've known you for a long time. I don't know if you guys have ever been particularly subtle about being a Buddhist or hide it from anybody. So I'm pretty much an out-of-the-closet Buddhist. And I'm not a religious Buddhist. I'm a philosophical Buddhist. Mm -hmm. And again, my school of Buddhism, though, is exactly what we're talking about. This is heaven. This is hell. This is nirvana. It's not on the outside. It's all on the inside. And it's teaching people to look to the inside. Back to mindfulness, that's another Buddhist concept. Look at the inside and say, okay, what can I do? How can I be aware? How can I be aware now? Not how can I study about being awareness sometimes, some distant future, but how can I be aware now? 
Can you do and I think like that's... active you know, meditation every day? One that of the right questions there? every day for me is, do I, uh, how many minutes on meditation or positive thinking every day? And I think that's a good goal for everyone because if we all become mindful about the choices that we have to have positive thoughts over negative thoughts, there's so much more energy that we can focus on doing good things right now uh, than if we're using that negative energy to focus on something else. I saw a great plaque the other day, Marshall, reminded me of you, and it said, um, if you want to go far, go alone. If you, if you want to go fast, go far, go together. Um, and that requires positive thought because, as you said, you have to have a good relationship with yourself and you have to have a good relationship with your, uh, with your environment, um, which means having a positive attitude about how far and how fast those people can go with you. Yeah. Well, we only have a couple minutes left. Is there any wonderful, great words of advice you'd like to leave our audience with, and how can they reach you if they need you? Well, reach me is my website is www.marshallgoldsmith.com, and so far somebody's looked at something on the site 19 million times from 195 countries. So a lot of people visit that. And Kathy, as you know, I give everything away. So all my material you may copy, share, download, duplicate, use in church, charity, nonprofit, business. I don't care. People use it any way they want. So come to the web, uh, if, and if you want to send me an email, Marshall at MarshallGoldsmith.com. It's very simple. I love getting emails. And if people send emails, I can't get back to them immediately, but I always get back to people eventually. And people ever want to visit, I have two homes, one in New York, one in San Diego. I'm always taking a walk. If you're ever in New York or San Diego, you want to get together, just send me an email. If I'm taking a walk, you can join me. I love it. That's so sweet. That's so and it's so you, Marshall. <laughs> I love it. Well, we have had a wonderful time with you today. I know you're very, very busy. And uh, if you feel like taking a walk to New Jersey, I'm here at my beach house. It might be a nice beach walk. <laughs> but I wanted to thank you. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to thank you. You've been a good friend for many years, so I just want to say thank you. Well, we're we're so happy that you could join us today, and I love you to death. I always will, and you're always an inspiration to us. And I know Relly enjoys immensely um, everything that we've yeah. talked about today. I don't want to speak for him, but I know we're wrapping up. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with Dr. Relly Nadler and myself, Kathy Greenberg. And we want to thank you so much for tuning in to tune up your leadership performance. And remember to visit us at ExcelInstitute.com where emotional engagement meets performance. Relly, any final words? Marshall, thanks. Uh, I've uh, spread your word to so many people, so not only have you touched my heart, uh, through my mouth it's touched many, many others' hearts. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye, all. Have a wonderful day right now. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 